0: Welcome to Chapter 1 of HealthSystemCIO.com's interview with Mark Zirkelbach, CIO at Loma Linda University Medical Center. In this segment, Zirkelbach talks about the organization's new vision going forward, the strategy his team employed for rolling out EPIC in the hospitals and clinics, and what he would have done differently if he had to do it again. Hi, Mark. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today.
1: Oh, hi, Kate. It's my pleasure.
0: To give our readers and listeners some background, uh, can you just talk a little bit about Loma Linda University Medical Center? Um, you know what you have in terms of hospital bedside, bed size, and uh, you know other uh, care facilities.
1: Well, sure. Uh, Loma Linda University Medical Center is it's part of Loma Linda University Health. So we're an academic medical center. We have eight schools as part of as part of our organization, and six hospitals. The hospitals are uh, mostly focused on on different disciplines, such as adults and children's uh, rehab. We have a behavioral health hospital, uh, a spine specialty hospital, and a cardiac hospital. In total, uh, the beds are just around 1,000 beds. Uh, There's also About 850 faculty that uh, practice and teach here at Loma Linda. And they're primarily multi-specialists. There's some primary care, but uh, there's specialists and subspecialists, which is probably pretty typical for an academic medical center.
0: Okay. Do you have uh, physicians that are are affiliated with the system as well as employed by?
1: In, In... California, that's an interesting question because of the corporate practice of medicine. Really, we see all all, uh, physicians affiliated in some way. Uh, Mm -hmm. Some are employed by the School of Medicine. But in terms of affiliates, probably in the context of what you're asking, we are starting to work with different community physicians and create partnerships uh, that um, help build out our integrated delivery system and, and help with care coordination.
0: Okay. Yeah, definitely a trend we're starting to see in uh, areas all over the country. Now, I had seen on the site that there's expansion going on um, or or planned for uh, the organization. Can you talk a little bit about that?
1: Sure. Uh, Yeah, we had a a very exciting announcement uh, July 15th uh, called Vision 2020, where we announced Uh, Some expansion, but also talked about uh, our view and vision for the future of healthcare, which has a very strong wholeness, wellness aspect to it, uh, as well as, I'll say, the traditional acute care settings that academic medical centers are known for. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're going to be developing a wholeness institute, uh, which creates an environment uh, for uh, research around how we can help. People healthy, mm-hmm. not just focus on on those that are having some sort of a of a situation in their lives. We also are 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 caught up in an, in a construction situation where our our seismic retrofit um, created some challenges for us, and we ultimately decided that uh, it was best for us to build some new hospital buildings as opposed to trying to make the ones that uh, we have. Uh, meet the the California code for for earthquakes. And so there's some new construction going on for a children's hospital and adult hospital. And uh, we'll repurpose uh, the buildings that we have and then uh, some expansion on the academic side, as I said, for the wholeness Institute. So very exciting times.
0: Yeah. And then as far as... uh the new buildings that are going up is that something where um you know you're you're playing a role as far as design and things like that to uh you know incorporate uh, certain technologies
1: Well yes um e- even though it's going to be 3 or 4 years before the buildings actually start to take shape uh we've already started on um on design for the rooms and um it's it's one of those challenging things I've reached out to a lot of my Colleagues that have gone through construction here recently to try to, you know, understand. So how do you plan for something that's, you know, that's not even going to be here for four or five years? Yeah. And it is challenging, but um, we are we are in the process of that. We're finalizing our budget, going through our design right now, and hopefully it, that won't have to go under much change
0: as we move forward. Yeah, that's interesting because. Uh, obviously, technology is is moving so quickly. It's advancing so quickly that you, you can't say right now, you know, all of the things that uh, you're going to want to utilize.
1: It is very it is very hard, especially just trying to imagine, um, you know, what it would be like if if on any kind of scale people were bringing their own devices to work. And this, you know, one of the traditional things that IT has done is. Um, you know the the infrastructure for for cabling and connectivity, and you know making sure that there's there's equipment in the right places. We know that won't go away totally, but um, trying to create a space that uh, anticipates some form of that is is really challenging.
0: Right. Yeah, I, I would imagine. As far as uh, the clinical application environment, um, now you have uh, Epic in place at the hospitals
1: at the hospitals and uh in all of our clinics with the faculty. Okay. So that was a huge project that um started several years ago. Uh we've been live on all parts of our organization as of February of last year. So we've been at optimization and um you know trying to get back to sort of a, a normal or a steady state um since all the changes with with swapping out many systems, many processes. And uh, lots of new capabilities, so it's it's been a pretty exciting time, as you might imagine.
0: Sure, you're talking about swapping out different systems in the hospitals. Was were there uh, you know more than one uh, EM, EHR systems in place?
1: We yes, we did. We had uh, different systems in our OR uh, than we had in the rest of the hospitals, So it, it was a it was a big challenge to just move patient information around, particularly as Patients, um, you know, left their uh, med surge setting and went into the OR, and and where there's significant documentation requirements, and then trying to return back to post-op or to the med surge unit and making sure that everything that happened was was well documented. A lot of those issues went away with uh, with implementation of of one platform for our documentation.
0: Right. Now, was it? Um implemented first uh, in the hospitals or in, the, like, the ambulatory setting?
1: We started in the ambulatory setting. Uh, we had uh, a, a different practice management system, and so we replaced the practice management system within about six months of signing the contract. And when we went live there, we also went live with about six of our of our family practice clinics and then, about every six weeks or so, we would roll out another set of clinics until we were until we were finished. And that the timing of that was just about perfect with uh, the go live of our hospitals. We went live with with five of our hospitals uh, for for both uh, patient accounting and clinical systems all on the same day.
0: Okay, that was uh, probably a little, little bit of nerves uh, leading up to that day.
1: It was yes, it was, and and. Um, you know the the last uh, couple of months are, are you know very intense trying to pull everything together trying to make sure everyone is trained and all of the interfaces are working and all of the testing is completed and validation and you know final changes uh getting ready getting ready to bring in a number of people just to be at the elbow to, to help people around the clock get a call center and a command center in place you know that's manned by 100 people or so around the clock so it was it was a lot of moving parts uh we were fortunate we were able to pull it off fairly well
0: and um if you had to do it again would you would you do it the same way having all those five go live on the same day
1: i think so uh i've talked mm-hmm. to others that you know that have have taken on similar projects and and did it over time and in fact we did a little bit of analysis on on breaking it up in a couple different ways one was just financials versus clinical systems to see if we would you know kind of reduce the risk and uh, also just doing it maybe by location or by site and um both of those proved to be more expensive and actually create uh probably scenarios and workflows that that would be confusing because as you know, as you would roll out a the deployment, it would be difficult for people to understand so which way are we doing it today yeah. uh and ultimately, we decided that it would be more difficult, more challenging, many more moving parts. but we decided that was the best thing, and I think i would uh, I'd probably stick with that. yeah, I wouldn't want okay. to do it again, but uh <laughs> i would yeah. uh, if I was in that situation, I think I would give that pretty strong consideration based on yeah. what we learned
0: okay were there uh any major hurdles along the way or, or anything that that you would maybe do differently or or you know just kind of share that uh, share others what you what you may have learned
1: well we we yeah you know, we learned quite a bit i maybe uh just to highlight a couple things when you when you take on a project like this there's a lot of energy in in getting ready to go live and and just sort of getting the system built and all that i would start sooner uh developing what you know what the ongoing support model would look like, and and get things in place much sooner. Maybe as you know, as much as three or four months in advance, start working on that in more earnest. Um, we um, you know we knew it was going to be an area that we needed to to focus and spend time, but really you know just sort of the urgency of the project drove out much time to do that well. But I think I'd be I'd be more intentional about that. Getting the organization ready to, you know, use the system on a day in and day out basis and get some of those processes in place uh, sooner. Um, probably in other areas, just we even though there was a lot of focus on workflow and a fair amount of documentation, I'd want to I'd want to make sure that we captured that and with the intention that we would. Use that in any go-forward uh, discussions about changes in the system. We found ourselves getting a lot of requests to make make changes. I'll call them configuration changes to the system. Exactly. And in reality, when we started looking at it, it was a lot of it was things that would be convenient for people, make it possibly more appealing to the eye, or just you know less cluttered. And I would want us to make sure that we're focused more on what changes are needed to the workflow first and have those discussions and making sure the, the labor that it goes into that workflow and the quality you're trying to get out of it are the drivers and um, and help make sure that we're focused on the right things. It took us a bit to, to sort of pull back and stop uh, fixing the system, if that makes any sense, and mm-hmm. and really get focused on optimizing the system. So those are probably the two biggest things that I would highlight that I would, you know, I would definitely try some different approaches um, in another project.
0: Thank you for listening to this podcast from HealthSystemCIO.com. To hear other podcasts, visit our website or subscribe to our account in iTunes at HealthSystemCIO.com backslash podcast.